What is up, everybody? We are back with our podcast. The Timberwolves just beat the Pistons, but that's not what this podcast can be about because I was not able to watch that game. But just to talk about that a little bit, the Timberwolves are now on a four-game win streak after the 13-point win against the uh, Pistons today. I can't really comment on it at all because I actually didn't watch a single second of the game live. Like I saw some highlights and stuff, um, but the Wolves win. We're now on a four-game winning streak. That's very great news. We are multiple games above 500 at 28 and 25 so i mean we are really trying to solidify ourselves as one of the best teams in the western conference right now and we have like the fourth best record in the league i believe since january 3rd around every team in the league so really send out a statement you know we're seven three in our last 10 but let's talk about the trade deadline that is coming up and i'm gonna breaking down that whole thing in this podcast and yeah go wolves the NBA trade deadline is on Thursday at 2 p.m. Central Time, so that's something to keep an eye on. I wish it was a weekend. I really, really wish the trade deadline was on a weekend. But the Timberwolves are rumored to be one of the more aggressive teams when it comes to the trade deadline, and, I mean, that doesn't really mean we'll make a big move. Like, last year, look back, we were listed as one of the more active teams. You know, call, I think we were actually named the most active team when it came to just calling other teams looking for trades with Gerson Rosas last year. And obviously last year we didn't even make a move at the deadline. So I guess you shouldn't take the word aggressively for us too hard because, I mean, last year we were probably even more aggressive and yet we didn't even make a single move, which did make sense at the time. And, you know, the same thing could end up happening this season. But the Wolves are one of the more aggressive teams right now. They are seeking trades and they're just seeking to overall upgrade the roster. Reasons why it could be different this year is the fact that the Wolves have a lot more available assets. I feel like, you know, we actually do have our draft pick this upcoming season, and we have more developed young guys. If we were going to do a big player trade, we'd have to trade, you know, one of them probably. And we got multiple expiring deals, uh, the main one being Torian Prince's contract. So, I mean, we definitely have a lot more assets this season than we did last year. And I mean, just straight up last year, I guess it really didn't make sense to make a move because we were really bad at the deadline and there was really no chance we were going to even make the play-in tournament. So that team was just, you know, like, we have so much potential, let's sit back, relax, and we did just that, and that's really put us in a good position to succeed this year. Like, I'm, I'm really happy we did that. But this season, you know, we're in a win-now mode, and there's definitely some, you know, parts in the roster that we can upgrade. So... That you know could give motivation to a guy like Sachin Gupta, who does have his job up for stake this offseason because he was the replacement for Rosas when he was fired, and the ownership group is going to reassess Gupta when the season comes to an end, and like he won't have to make a trade for it to happen, but I feel like he could be pressured in a sense because let's say the trade line comes by and goes, and there's like this problem that keeps nagging at the Wolves, and we definitely could have attacked the trade line. That could, you know, be a negative, you know, a report on Sachin Gupta at the end of the season that he definitely had the opportunity to upgrade a part of the roster, but he didn't. Um, so we'll see what he does. I don't know how much he's thinking about that. I think he might be just more concerned about the Timberwolves state, um, even though I'm sure he's probably thinking a lot about what he wants to happen in his future and just what he thinks is best for himself. But before I specifically talk about players that we could talk about, I think there's like this developing 
thing with like you know Torian Prince has been playing better, Malik Beasley's been playing a lot better. Like, should the Wolves even make a trade? Like, the chemistry's flowing right now. We're twelve and five since January third. That's over a month of basketball, and we are, you know, seven games above five hundred in that time. Like, this team is just thriving right now. I mean, the only downside of the team right now is some of the injuries, and I feel like Ant has not been playing as good as he has been recently. I mean, like, the last four games have not been too great for Edwards, um, but I think he'll trend up at some point coming up. But, I mean, this the team's thriving. We're on a four-game win streak. Trade line's approaching. We could, you know, we got the Kings coming up on a back-to-back. We could very possibly be, you know, five games above five hundred at the trade deadline in a very good spot because we have the back-to-back against the Kings on Tuesday and Wednesday, which is the day before the trade deadline. We do not have a game that day uh, on the deadline. But I don't really know. I'm, I got conflicting thoughts if I want to make a trade or not because I do like the idea of keeping this team together. But I also am thinking about, you know, this team does need upgrades um, if we do want to make a nice playoff push at some point this season, which, I mean, we're making right now. But there's definitely parts of the roster that we could upgrade without even giving up a rotational piece, I feel like. And I'll talk about that later here. But, I mean, you guys can let me know too. Should the Timberwolves actually make a trade at the deadline, or do you guys want to keep the roster where it's at? The name that's been kind of circulating Timberwolves Nation right now is Marcus Smart, the Celtics, I guess you could say, shooting guard. Um, I don't think it's very likely that we attain, obtain him, but the rumors are definitely there, and it's definitely not an extreme long shot to say that we could trade for him, but I do think it's an un- unlikely scenario because... I think the Celtics are asking for a little more than what we might be willing to give up. Um, but if you guys know who Marcus Smart is, he's a two-time all-defensive player. He's a very defensive-minded guard who is a great playmaker for the Celtics, um, one of their really only good playmakers on that team. He's been a starter for that team all season long. So if we did end up getting him, you'd probably have to, tr- no, not, not trade, but move Beverly to the bench. I don't know how happy Beverly be about that, and that's kind of what I'm thinking about this. Like, I don't know. I'm not a big fan of moving Beverly to the bench. I love the dude starting. I really like him starting next to D'Lo and all those guys. I think he's a perfect fit next to them. And I, and I love that the fact that he's closing out games. Like, if we brought in a guy like Marcus Smart, he would be closing games. There's no way Marcus Smart's on the bench when you're closing games. You'd probably have to bench Vanderbilt, which would make the most sense. Or, I mean, if there's an injury, even with D'Lo out, then you wouldn't even have to do that. But, I mean, we'll see what happens. I don't think Marcus Smart will become a Timberwolf, but it's not an impossible possibility. If we do want to trade for him, we'll have to give up Beasley and a first-round pick, or Beasley and McDaniels. Personally, I don't even think there's even a chance we give up McDaniels. I think even a, like, I mean, it's impossible to even do a swap. Just Beasley, I mean, not, not just Beasley, but just McDaniels for Smart because McDaniels is only getting paid $2 million compared to the Celtics paying Marcus Smart like $14 million this year. So you'd have to add in a guy like Torian Prince or Malik Beasley. I'm not willing to do that. Malik, I mean, I, yeah, and then like just overall, Jane McDaniels long-term, he's a lot younger. He's seven, six years younger than Smart, probably six years younger. He's on a much better contract. He's got more defensive upside currently. If like, Just picture the Wolves in three years. McDaniels is going to be a better defender than Smart by then. 
and he might have more offensive upside. I don't know about the playmaking because Marcus Smart's a very good playmaker. But overall, I think Jaden has more upside when you look three years down the road, four years down the road, which is probably when we're going to you know, be closer to winning a championship or getting closer to that contention of winning one. But Marcus Smart is definitely a name to keep in the back of your head. In my opinion, if the Wolves are looking to make an upgrade at the deadline, it has to be for a backcourt player, meaning, you know, maybe a small forward, power forward, or center. Um, I could see us getting some sizable player that can rebound and defend, maybe even protect the rim. We have been linked to names such as Miles Turner, who is one of the best shot blockers in the league, who is currently hurt, but I don't think that would really, you know, persuade us away from trading for him because he's not going to be out for that much longer. He'll be back soon. And then Harrison Barnes, a name that we've been connected to, I think he's a more obtainable piece than Turner because he doesn't cost as much, and the Kings might go on an offload here this offseason. I mean, we'll see what happens over there. I hope they do. I would love for them to just go crazy and trade all their guys. Um, we actually play them in a back-to-back -back starting Tuesday and Wednesday. But yeah, those are two names to also watch. So, I mean, just the three names to keep in the back of your head as a Wolves fan right now, or three of the more possible options would be Marcus Smart, Miles Turner, and Harrison Barnes. All those dudes would be really nice upgrades or just really nice players in this roster. I would definitely prefer the two front court guys in Turner and Barnes because they can help add defense, size, rebounding, and both those dudes can also shoot. So, I mean, we'll see what happens there. But I think it's possible. Like, But when you're talking about guys like Turner and Barnes, that's like a bigger commitment. You know, they're making a lot of money, so you and, and they're much better players. Um, they're like actual massive upgrades. Like if you get Miles Turner, he's starting over Jared Vanderbilt, you know. So you'd have to give up a lot to get a guy like Miles Turner. So you always have to think about that. You know, you just can't get these guys for free. we got to give up a lot of value to get them. So that's something to think about when, you know, thinking about trades. Something that I like more is maybe unloading some of our second-round draft picks. And, and, you know, maybe the guy like Jake Lehman who never plays and it just doesn't make sense to keep him for another center that would maybe play next to Nas. I don't know. Just somebody who can rebound more and maybe protect the rim. Um, not too many names come to mind, but there's definitely some options, even power forwards. Just some people that can sometimes be rotational guys because we have three second-round picks. There's no way that we keep all of those picks. We have to get rid of them somehow because we have our first-round pick and three second-rounders this year. We're not going to take four rookies. There's no way. We don't have enough players leaving in the offseason. Um, in my opinion, the only players that will probably be gone from this roster will be Jake Lehman. I don't there's no way in my opinion we re-sign this guy. Um I don't know about Torian Prince. I feel like he might be gone in the offseason. We'll see. I'm I'm very confident we'll re we'll we'll resign Patrick Beverly. And I'm like I don't really know what we're gonna do with Josh Kogi. My gut says we might just not sign him right away. I kind of feel like we'll wait till the end of, you know, free agency and with the leftover money we have we'll just sign josh with that that's kind of what i feel like is going to happen um but just assume we probably we did we're, i think we're really going to keep beverly for sure and maybe keep josh kogi but other than that i think i don't know if Torian prince is coming back we'll see what happens and i don't think there's any chance that layman's with the team next year so we don't really have many open roster spots i guess you could say 
Um, one of the first round pick, if we don't trade it, 100% is making the roster. I'm super excited about that first round pick. And then you maybe take one rookie with a second rounder because there's always people that fall to the second round. You can get value there and you can maybe even develop this player in the G League. But with a team that's trying to get older, I'm not a fan of taking three second round picks. Like the second round picks just don't pan out as much. Like, I, I don't know why we would use up all of our roster spots on second round picks. So if we can, you know, somehow offload two of them, which I would do, I would, I don't know if I would do all three, I would be fine with it, but I would love to just get rid of two of our second rounders uh, and get some value back for it this season because, I mean, second rounders in the future, they never really work out. The one, the one second rounder on our roster that has worked out is Jalen Noel. I thought we did a really good job developing him in the G League. But other than that, I mean, we just don't have success developing second rounders. I mean, really nobody does. There's obviously some successful second round players in the league, including MVP Nikola Jokic. But those things just don't really happen that often. Like, we, we can't think about it like that. We can't think we can maybe get an MVP with this pick because it just never really happens. Jokic is the only second rounder in NBA history to become an MVP. Um, so... Yeah, there's not, there's not many starters in the league right now that are um, second-round picks. Unless you're talking about an early second-round pick, like mid-30s, that's kind of close to a first-round pick, and those are a lot more valuable than picks like the 50s, which we'll probably end up having. But enough about that. I'm hoping we can somehow package two of our second-rounders and maybe get like Jake Lehman or some other non-rotational player, maybe a Josh Kogi for some positional needs. Some big guys, something like that. I know Wolves fans are pretty split on if they want to make a move or not, but I can promise you guys we do not need to make a move this like this deadline. It, it we don't have to. We got a lot of time with this team. This team is in the very early stages of its development still. Like it, I mean, it's it's early. It's not like we're tanking, but. We're not gonna, we're not contending to win a championship this season. I mean, obviously we would love to, but I mean that just never really happens for the lower playoff seeds. It's usually the big dogs, um, unless a miracle happens where, you know, a bunch of players get hurt on the top teams, and all of a sudden we're like the best team in the Western Conference. But, I mean, what a likelihood of that happening? Um, but we do not need to make a move. I would rather wait till free agency because we actually have a ton of cap space this offseason compared to usual. I did the math. Assuming we re-sign Beverly, um, it's probably about $29 million range we have at that MLE standard or whatever. I, think, I don't know if it's MLE. or we. I'm assuming we have about $29 million to do what we want with this offseason. And before we actually sign Beverly, it's like $38 million, But I think he takes up like $9 million of that. I mean, that's what I would give him. I would not be upset at all if we gave him 10 even. I think he's a culture changer. I just wouldn't give him like a four-year deal with it. Two years seems fine with him. But we do have a, a decent amount of money this offseason. So I would rather make the big move then so we don't have to get rid of, you know, like players like Jaden McDaniels, who we really should never even be considering trading right now unless we can extremely upgrade the roster. And it makes a lot of sense. Um... But yeah, we do not need to make a move. That's definitely not something we need to look for. Sure, it'd be cool to bring in a player. Like, I, I like the idea of it, for sure. Upgrading the roster a bit. 
but by no means is it needed. I'm, I I said last offseason, I can't remember if I was making podcasts back then. I think I was. I think I made some on John Collins because there's like John Collins and Aaron Gordon. Both those dudes, I actually thought we had a very good chance of getting it, and we end up getting none of them. Um, I mean, just the trading line happens like that. There's there's so many rumors, so many rumors, and most of them just don't happen. So you we have to take the rumors with more of a grain of salt than, you know, something big. There was a trade today. Karis LeVert got traded to the Cleveland Cavaliers for Ricky Rubio in a first-round pick. So, obviously, the, the, the Pacers are going to rebuild mode. Um, they're getting rid of one of their better players for a draft pick and a cap filler that will expire in the offseason, so they'll free up space. But yeah, maybe that could help us out get a guy like Miles Turner who's playing for the Mace, for the Pacers. If they're really looking to rebuild, I mean, I don't know how willing I am to give up two first-rounders for him, but I would not be mad if the Timberwolves give up two first-round picks for Miles Turner. Because we have all of our future first-rounders right now. Um, I would rather give up two ones more in the future, not this year's. I think we need one right now more compared to maybe. I mean, it's hard to think, actually, about that. Maybe we might need more in a few more years. I don't know. We'll see what happens. But that's it for this podcast. That's a trade deadline recap. Or not really a recap because it hasn't happened yet, but a preview of the trade deadline. And, yeah, I'm I'm not fully expecting a move to happen, but, I mean, we're one of the more aggressive teams, apparently, on the phones. So it's very possible that we can make a trade. And I'm hoping it's a good one. Wolves are on a four-game win streak. Seven seed in the Western Conference. We're creating some separation on the Clippers, 1.5 games ahead. They play the Bucks tonight, hoping they lose to the Bucks, so we can have two games above the Clippers. And yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. See you guys next time. Peace.